nailed it. Oh, you broke the silence. <laughs> you're you're the one that doesn't. I was going like to see silence. how long. I was going to see how long we could go at the beginning of the podcast without saying anything. Then you could edit it just out to, just to mess with people. No, I wouldn't edit that out. I'd leave it. Hey, I was it's reviewing. Like the podcast would start. The intro would roll, and then nothing. Uh, and people would be like checking their stereos in their car and like on their phones. Like, what is what's what, why is it? Uh, it is playing, but there's no sound. Man. It's a good, it's a good, a solid, fun. good, solid plan. Cool. We'll do quality it one day. Content. Nah, it's not quality. Evan. It's content. Guess what? Josh. What? There's a new Half-Life game. There is a new Half-Life game. Yeah. I don't know anything about, actually, I've, I've only seen the trailer through Giant Bomb. I watched them watch the trailer. That's all I know about it. And it's VR. I watched it. Two or three times. Um, I do like Half Life. I don't know if you're aware of that. I've uh, I've heard that you like it. I, I that's how I got Steam, along with probably so many people that are I don't know r- roughly how my I also age. Got Steam. <laughs> that's how I'm pretty sure that's how everybody got Steam. Well, back back in them days, um, I thought it looked I thought it looked good. Um, a mutual friend of ours that's also a massive Halo, a uh, Halo, <laughs> probably, but a Half-Life fan. Um, there you go. Now we're talking the real stuff. Was quite upset. He very, very, turns out if you make a new entry in a long awaited series and then require somebody to have a expensive VR headset as well as a PC good enough to play VR... I can cause people to be upset. Right? I I know how you how this friend of yours, <laughs> I know how he he or she feels <laughs> as I share that opinion. And you have a PC. I I get it that yeah, but not I don't know that it's like a VR capable PC. I think it would struggle in the CPU department. Um I listen. I really liked Half-Life 1. I loved Half-Life 2. One of my favorite games of all time. Episodes 1 and 2 and I think 3. Did they do episode 3? They did remember. not. Um, were great add-ons. They are good. And I was looking forward to Half-Life 3 for a long time, like most people. But that train has derailed so long ago. I gave up any hope. I just stopped caring. <laughs> So when they announced this and everybody lost their minds, I just kind of went, eh, like, okay. And then when they said, oh, but it's VR only, I double went, eh. <laughs> I feel like that's right, why people well, lost their minds, right? Lost me. I think they just lost their minds because, oh my gosh, they're making a new Half-Life game. Yeah. Like, it's not Half-Life 3, officially, but it kind of is. It's... So I don't know. It's not even the third game, I mean, technically, because there was episode one, right. episode two. Well, doesn't this take place before, like between Half-Life 1 and 2? Yeah. Yeah. I I thought yeah. that people were losing their minds because they announced the new Half-Life game and it wasn't going to be three and people weren't going to be able to play it. You know, it's like, I mean, hey. That's why I lost my mind. <laughs> Look at Steam stats and I bet like 0.8% of... Steam players 
I know. Have what it takes to play it. On the other hand, I, I can't blame them, right? Because I feel like they're they've been investing in VR and in VR hardware specifically and VR controllers. Totally. And they need something like a Half-Life to show it off and really be designed for it and really show people what it's like and make people want to buy this hardware they've worked on for so long. But dang, it's expensive. Okay, so, right, so VR is obviously very immersive. That's its whole thing. Physics in VR are what really sell it, though. Two, two things, I think, sell VR better than anything else. Scale and physics. Like, when you can interact with things around you and realistically, that really sells it, like, better than anything else. When you have a shelf full of stuff and you reach up and you can touch that stuff and move it around... And your hands it's are like, still oh, empty. There's a shelf there. <laughs> um, and a lot of VR games or experiences, can even know that a lot of them can be called games, have like a, like, like they kind of go halfway with it, right? It's not fully immersive. It's, you can do, you can interact with certain things, but not others. And that's important because this is Valve doing this. And like you said, they've invested heavily in VR, they are the gatekeepers of Half Life. And what did Half-Life 2 do? What, did, what was its big claim to fame? Physics. That was the first really big, high-budget game that took interactive world items to a level that nobody had seen before. Right, And that yeah. changed everything. Since then, all kinds of games have interactable physics-based objects, materials-based things, right? Wood burns in a fire and 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 you can shoot through it and and metal you can't and, you know all that stuff that they did with that engine so i feel like if anybody is positioned to really take vr to the next level and show people hey this is what it can really do in terms of video games i think it's valve so it makes sense i agree with you that they would do this but on the other hand i'm mad that they're doing this because I don't have the equipment to play it and I'm not going to rush out to buy it. Um, you, I think you might. Uh, they did release the required specs and I think the minimum requirements are a 1060 or an RX 580. Granted, that is minimum. Minimum. That's right. Minimum. Who and wants to here's play the a game thing. Minimum. Minimum requirements, meeting the minimum requirements on a regular game means you're running at 30 FPS, maybe a little less. It's going to be stuttery here and there. It'll probably be fine. Lower texture resolutions, things like that, lower shadows, and you'll you'll be able to get by. Meeting the minimum requirements in a VR game means you're probably going to be puking after about five minutes because it's going to be just motion sickness hell. Well, I'm wondering, though, if they if they set those minimums to... To be the minimum gameplay experience they would want somebody to have. So, well, then that would mean that they're rewriting what minimum required specs means in terms of PC games. Right? And they probably should, right? Because minimum requirements has typically meant, um, sure, I guess you could, but you're, but you don't want, you don't want to. Not going to be good, right? Because what's the? You're looking at buying a PC game. What's the first when it, when they post? The, the requirements, you'd scroll right past the minimum. What's unless recommended? Unless you're just not sure that you could play it. You go straight to the recommended, right? Yeah. 
And then if you don't meet some of the recommended, then you look at the minimum and go, okay, oh, well, I'm in between, so it'll probably be fine. 16 core i9 RTX 2080 tie. I have mm-hmm. not. Have you seen the index controllers? Because I thought that was kind of no. one of the big things of, that they were doing with index was the controllers. I haven't looked into it either, but it really watching the trailer. That's what kept being on my mind. Every single thing that they showed, I thought, is that something like how interactable is that? You know, because you reach in the shelf, she pushes some stuff aside, grabs some bullets, puts them in the gun. A typical game, you essentially don't do any of that. You look in that direction, you press X, <laughs> and then your character mm-hmm. like moves things around, grabs the bullets, puts them in the gun. Reload. Right, right, right. <clears throat> and so I'm like, how much that's, of this am I, I mean. going to be doing? Do I have to grab that bullet and put it in the gun and cock it? And like, are they going to in- create the environments to where... Because they could potentially do something clever with the room scale... Where you're constantly, like, where you can literally move around and they build essentially the game around set pieces that allows you to essentially double back in in your real space to move through this virtual space, more like a holodeck. Like, I wonder how much they're going full with that. Because so many other solutions that I've seen and some that I've played mostly involve you, like, teleporting around. (laughs) Right. Or pushing so, the stick to move. I don't know that they will go to that level of immersion with VR, but if anybody is going to do it and make it work, it's Valve. But because I don't think they showed they it. Do, they do, right? That's moving around? No, I don't think I, so. Like at one point, she puts her hand in something that's supposed to, like, I don't know, read her handprint for some time. And then she has to use her other hand to shoot the bad guys on both sides. That sort of thing made me wonder, is this, are you going to be stuck in a place? Like, are they going to wrap this around some Half-Life tech? Like, in Half-Life 2, um, they had essentially made a, a teleporter to move around. I'm like, are they going to frame it in that way instead, where it's like, oh, you can manifest yourself here and then move around here and jump around, but you're not in a real physical space. I feel like that would, I feel like if that's the case, <coughs> I will be disappointed. But how, how would that work on like realistically? So let's say that let's, let's say that they do that, right? Let's say they build the environments, the set pieces around your actual play space. So that room scale, so that you can move around in your environment, you, you, you manifest in the area that you're in, and you can move around in that area, just like you're describing. Mm-hmm. Let's say they do that. Let's say they can they figure out a way to make that work. How does that work, though, considering everybody's play space is different? That means they have to be able that that construct that they put you in has to be flexible enough to accommodate you know people with a little bitty living room, people with a huge living room, people who are in their bedroom, whatever. Not everybody has you know. Some people are in a little box and some people are in huge rectangles some people it might be (laughs) they tell you you have to have an eight by eight play space minimum (laughs) well so okay so if they do that now they've limited their player base even further right now because originally it's pc only and then which isn't that bad obviously there's a lot of stuff that's pc only but it's pc only 
and then it goes to VR only, and now it's VR only with high specs on the PC, and now it's VR only, high PC only, high specs, VR only, and your play space must be this size. I mean, that's yeah, that's like ten people. They're not making a big budget, as they claim, full featured game for that many, that few people. They're just not. Well, maybe you maybe they are actually building in kind of the levels of capability as in maybe you do have a thumbstick that you can move around with like you would in a normal game if you happen to maybe a not have the index controllers but i think those are the minimum i think that's part of the minimum requirements is that you have those controllers if you go to the purchase page um for index all of the index packages you can buy include half-life alex um, so you don't have to buy it separate. The very minimum package is is the index controllers. You use a headset that you already have. Um, but I'm just thinking if you have that, maybe you are able to move around in a space if you have it. And if not, you have to move around in a traditional way. It's not as cool, but you could still do it. Although it seems like that would also be pretty weird because being in something that feels immersive and then sliding yourself forward by pushing a stick. I feel like yeah, that would be no. uncomfortable. I think a lot of people would have motion sickness issues with that. I mean, you look down why. and you're in a wheelchair and then it all makes sense. <laughs> but that's why they have the teleportation in a lot of those VR right. things, right? It's because it minimizes the, the motion sickness. And that's another thing. I, what little VR I have done um, I wasn't expecting it, but I got motion sick pretty regularly. Now, maybe I could have conditioned myself to not have that problem, but that in and of itself means even if I had the PC to run it, I'm less interested automatically in VR because I right. know it's going to bother me. And so I, I have to imagine at some point after they release this thing, at some point, they have to have a plan for releasing it for people who don't have VR, right? They maybe they maybe it fundamentally alters the game. I don't know, but there's going to be such a huge population of people who can't or won't do VR that want to play more Half Life. I just they have to have a plan for that, uh, and, and not necessarily at launch or at release. At some point, they have to have a plan for that. I feel like that's the, just that's the two things they that hate are, money. Well, they do hate money. Maybe they, maybe they do. <laughs> I mean, they don't. They clearly don't need the money from the game, the sales of the game, right? I mean, they're. I think Valve's doing okay. Maybe I'm not. I'm not sure, but they I think that they're doing sweet 30% okay. Thirty percent cut. <laughs> you know, Steam might take off next year. Next year is <laughs> when Steam really might, you know, hit critical mass, but. So I, I realize they don't have to sell any of these copies of this game, but but no studio is going to invest that much time and effort and energy and money into creating something without hoping to recoup all or most of that and make a profit. I mean, that's just stupid. That does make sense, but you could also see them viewing it as um, marketing for Valve Index. So they spent this budget on something to sell Index and that's what they that's care true. about. 
But I think that really the two things that are most exciting to me about Half-Life Alex is one, having Valve really get to work on quote unquote a real game for VR. I think it's ex- I think what we don't know about it is the most exciting part about the game itself because if Valve managed to create something nobody else has been able to create and kind of create a standard for VR that nobody else has achieved, then they could be, as they've done in the past, they could be kind of painting that picture for what VR games should be like and, and setting that standard. And since we don't know all the what they've done, there's a lot of potential for innovation that I can't currently think of and that a lot of really smart and talented people working on games and VR games haven't thought of. And in a somewhat unique position where they're also designing the hardware, so they may have, and very likely did, have an interplay between the hardware and software that they developed. They've been developing this game for years alongside the VR, so how they made the VR may have been for this game and for the type of experience they want to present. And so the idea of what they might be able to accomplish and where they might be able to actually push VR ahead, I think that's exciting. And that is why I think there's also huge room for disappointment because it may turn out that it's just it's just another VR experience that you teleport around in and isn't super special, except that maybe nope, Index is nicer than the other ones. <laughs> And, and I really think that's probably what's going to end up being just a nicer version, but still a VR quote unquote experience. But they keep saying it's a full feature length right. know, game. It's a full feature. But what does that mean for VR? Right. Like we know what that means for regular games, but what does that mean for VR? So, so I it could be changing. I hope it, it turns out. Again. I hope it turns out to be great, but I just don't have. I don't have a drive. I mean, I'm going to watch for the sidelines, kind of like Stadia, right? I don't have any interest in that ecosystem, but I'm interested in it from, uh, wow, that's cool. How did that, how is that going to work standpoint? Like from a technical yeah, and just from a spectator, it's interesting. So I'm, yeah. Stadia is kind of, and, and I'm hopeful I heard, because I heard good things. if they do more then well, for one, if they don't, if they don't do more, then I feel like people have essentially seen where VR caps out. It's like, all right, if it's, if it's not new, if somebody making the hardware who is esteemed at making great games can't even do something new if they make their own hardware and their own game in unison, then this is where we're at. And this is, and, and it's not going to get much, it's not going to get much better. It's going to get cheaper, but it's not necessarily going to get much better. But the number two thing that I think is a reason for excitement is what most people, I think, have overlooked. And that is that Valve hasn't actually made like a what would be described as a triple A quality current game in a while. I would say the last one is Portal 2. And that's been a while. And so they have one of the things that they really showed off with the trailer, especially if you can see it in high quality, is that. It's a drastic improvement tech-wise from what they've done. And even the design of like some of the they like they show G-Man and those things. I feel like they have at the same time that they've built this game, they have modernized and brought 
their their engine up to up to modern standards and probably a more modern pipeline and all of those things. And not only have they done that, but they've also been creating high quality modern half-life assets at the same time, which means they probably have all the puzzle pieces in place now to actually make a half-life three. And I watched a interview um, by Jeff Keeley. He went there. He said he's been documenting the production of half-life Alex for the last two years. And he had like a sit down 20 minute interview with them in which he routinely bugged them undercover about half-life three but he did he did make that comment of hey you know but you do you know you you've made that momentum like you have what you need now to make say your next game whatever that might be and they're like yeah we, we totally do and they said hey you're going to be hearing more about half-life in 2020 and they didn't mm. say more information about half-life alex <clears throat> they said half-life alex is going to come out March 2020, and we're going to hear more about Half-Life in 2020. And so my just thinking about that, I thought, if you were working on Half-Life Alex for VR and you had a big Half-Life 3 announcement, if you cared about Valve Index and you cared about the Half-Life Alex project, you could not possibly announce Half-Life 3 first. No, no. <laughs> or you'd destroy it. That would completely overshadow it, yeah. So after... Half-Life Alex comes out in March, I feel like that would probably be the opportune time to to announce something like that. And they have put a lot of work into building Half-Life assets and modernizing the engine and all those things. So I think that that's potentially exciting. But again, it's Valve, right? So uh, further room for extraordinary disappointment. Yeah, they'll come out with Alex. It'll be... <laughs> interesting uh it'll it'll be I'm trying to think of the right word i'm looking for like it will it, it it will capture everybody's imagination and get everybody hyped up for more half-life and then valve will do what they always do and they'll crawl back under their big steam rock and hide <laughs> for a decade well they've, they've got to announce one more thing they'll be like and coming holiday of this year half-life dog so that's whatever I had seen that. I think it was Jeff Gersman had mentioned that that's where he sees Half-Life Alex becoming is you just at some point climb into some mechanical suit and now you're controlling dog through VR, <laughs> through Alex, through I'd, her suit in the game. Yeah. I was like, oh, that that could be fun. I would want to know why I'll she never, never does know. that in Half-Life 2. Because they were waiting to do it in Half-Life Alex. <laughs> Clearly. So I mean. She's the new... Uh, because the G-Man was talking to her, right? At the end of that trailer? Or is she just talking to the viewer? Hmm. I don't, I don't recall what actually said. what he said. Because I'm a bad fanboy. Because if the G-Man is talking to Alex, that means it's not just Gordon Freeman who's the chosen one, right? Maybe that was a Half-Life 3 hint. Oh, <laughs> I highly doubt it. Like you said, there's no way. Even if they knew... Actually, I take that back. They're not, they can't be working on a Half-Life 3 at this point. Or if they are, they, they aren't calling it that. They aren't talking about it like that internally even. Because information about Alex leaked out before they were ready to announce it. And so not they just went ahead and announced far, it early. Really, right? Only a little bit. Yeah. 
but I, I liked, I'd like to think that if they were working on Half-Life 3, somebody would have found out by now. Hey, Jeff Keighley evidently has been working on a documentary with them for two years. <laughs> and somehow, none of that information. Not that he would leak, but I'm just saying you got somebody making a freaking documentary for two years. I mean, somehow. he's. I'm sure he didn't sign an NDA at all. No, but I'm saying it's not <laughs> just going to be him if you're creating a documentary. And if you're inviting people in and out and you're not, you know, batting down the hatches, then it's true. pretty That's impressive true. that 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 isn't out. Uh, people did notice there's a there's basically a new Half Life uh, website, and it has a page for Half Life Two and has a page for Half Life Two Alex, uh, well Half Life Alex. And if you go to the Half Life Two page, it goes to slash Half Life Two. And if you go up there and you change it to Half Life Three and load it, then you get redirected to Half Life Alex. People mm-hmm. are like they're like, yeah, thanks a lot. But um. Oh, they could have put something more creative than that up there. They well, that's I do. Th- I think that that's it's still pretty. If they were again, if they are going to make anything else in the Half Life world, they have to wait. They have to wait until Half Life sure. comes out. It makes sense. Um, I think I would be. I would be. I would love to play another Half Life game. I might be slightly more excited or interested to play. Like a Portal 3. I like what they've done. I think done. I'm done with Portal. I liked Portal. I liked Portal 2, but I don't know that I would want more of it. I would want to play more co-op Portal. Clearly, that, you've never played co-op Portal with a child. <laughs> well, I have played... Exercise and you. frustration. <laughs> I mean, I am a child. This That is correct. You are not wrong, but... Well, I wasn't suggesting a, that. Oh, I am for sure. <laughs> um, I want to switch gears for a moment away from games. No more games. I want no. I didn't. Not no more. But they're going to put know, the portal gun in Half Life Three, right? Where, of course, why wouldn't they? Do you mean Half Life, Alex? No. You said Half Life Three. Okay, I just want to make hey, sure that wasn't. The that would flip. be pretty good, though, right? They finally announced a new Half Life game, and it's Half Life Four. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm yeah. surprised they actually Never haven't done a Half-Life or a Portal game in VR at this point. There's, I think that could be neat. <laughs> I think uh, they, um, no, they <laughs> mentioned that in the interview with Keeley. And they said they looked at that and they thought about doing that. And they realized with the Portal mechanics and how you play those levels, they thought that was asking for players to vomit everywhere. Yeah. Start an endless <laughs> loop portal like you do and get going like super fast. <laughs> And then throw yourself across the room. Whoa! So you are not um, going to be jumping out and buying Index at the moment, so you can get some. Oh no, Alex on on release. No, the the day that VR truly becomes a self contained experience, kind of like what um, Oculus oh, was doing with their latest one. Uh, no, not Hololens is AR. That's not VR. And I'm way more excited about AR than I ever was about VR. But anyway. Like Magic Leap type stuff. like That to me is way cooler. Um, I want to talk about... So I signed up for that there uh, Disney Plus. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Because you... And you immediately and started watching... Started talking about it. People at National work. National Geographic. People, and it was well, right. Yep, that's that's what I signed up for. It was Nat Geo. <laughs> um, no, we signed up for the seven-day free trial just to test uh, test it out. 
And of course, the very what's the first thing I wanted to watch on it? The Mandalorian. Uh oh. I want to talk about that for a little bit. No, I'm not going to go into any spoilers. I just want to talk about how I how it feels to watch it. Okay, because you've watched it, right? I we watched the third episode today. Okay, I've watched the first two. I have not watched the third yet. It literally came out yesterday. The third episode, and they're very short episodes. Right? They're only like twenty some odd minutes long. No, they're like forty five minutes. I think the. I think what? the second really? one was 39 and the first one was like 47. Oh. Well, I'm bad at math. So I guess when I looked at the time left and the time, you know, I got it wrong. But anyway, they feel short. Yeah. So what I was realizing watching the second one in particular and then thinking back to stuff that happened in the first one, but particularly in the second one, it feels like I'm watching a video game. Like the, the, the story beats that are happening the the events that are happening very much huh video game like you're it, as soon as it happens you're like yep that's okay that that what had need to happen in a video game in order to facilitate these other things to happen <clears throat> but even more than that and cuz i can kind of excuse that movies have done that before and that's fine Mm -hmm. The thing that's weird, though, and I can't quite put my finger on it, is when you're watching it, it doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie, which I'm pretty sure was intentional. They don't want it to feel like the movies. Right. But it also doesn't feel like a TV show. Like It, it doesn't. It's like this weird in-between that I, I don't know. I think it feels more like before. a movie than a TV show. And that's what my right, kids call it. Not, they want to watch more complete. of that Star Wars movie. <laughs> but it's not it doesn't completely feel like a Star Wars movie. I don't I don't know how to I don't I don't know how to put my finger on it. I don't know how to describe it. And you don't think that's because because it is a side story that is not um it's not super epic in scale at least at the moment. Um and so few Star Wars tropes, you know. No real Jedi's per se and those things you don't think that that's causing it to feel like it has a little bit more of a grounded almost mundane theme you know it's this guy going about his you know his day job I'm okay with that do you think that's what uh, is causing that though no no I I, I have I have several issues um, I okay first off I like it I'm enjoying it. So I'm just going to put that out there. So my criticisms are with that in mind. I think, and this kind of occurred to me as I'm sitting here talking about it, I think what it is, is typically when you take, <clears throat> either you start with a TV show and then you go up to movies or you start with movies and you come down to TV shows, however it goes, right? There's that, just like I just said it, I didn't even realize I said it, go up to movies or down to TV shows, right? There's this understanding this kind of know that the TV show maybe doesn't have quite the same budget or right. doesn't have the quite the same production values. So the special effects are a little less impressive or the costumes are a little less impressive. They're still good. But typically I think that's what we expect, especially in sci-fi between movies and TV, right? Yeah. Movies yeah, if you're going to make a Star Trek movie, feel to them. you know, it's, <clears throat> now, right. now, now we got money. So, but this... 
all of the special effects, all of the visual stuff still is, to me, it seems like it's on the same level as what you'd get in a, a Star Wars movie. Definitely. that's all we've ever had. We've never had, other than the animated cartoon, I'm not talking about those, we've never had a live action Star Wars movie, show, show. I feel like and the, so, the, the CG, the effects, and yeah. all of that, and, and even the costuming and stuff is heads and tails above what is typically what you would in get a, in a, a regular TV show. TV show. Yeah. So, right. So that's where it makes it feel like it's more than a TV show. But like you said, it's reduced in scale. It's reduced in uh, other ways. And so it's clearly not a movie. It's not as epic, right? It's not grand. It's smaller. It's about this one guy going about his job. So there's just like this weird middle ground that it just, I don't know. It just feels like it's not on, like it hasn't found its footing yet. The, the vibe that I kind of get from it is like those Halo web series that they used to do. Um, was a Halo Nightfall was one of them. They'd get decent actors, you know, TV actors and stuff, and they, and they would have decent production values, but they were shorter in length and they were only released on the web at the time. Uh, and they just kind of have that feel to them. I don't know. I can't. I haven't gotten that per se, but I feel like what you're describing to me sounds like the uh, the net result of the way in this, and, and maybe this is the connection to video games too, is one, you've got a, you've got essentially a nameless, faceless protagonist. Um, obviously they call him the Mandalorian, but you don't know who he is and you don't see his face. And he doesn't talk a lot. So there is a lot of each episode that is, that is a visual Empty. storytelling. Like it, yeah. you are seeing sights and you are seeing things and you're picking up on things. I feel like if it was, if you turned on closed captions, right, they, they wouldn't appear that often. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be it'd be all like the 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 scenery description right that they always get in the closed captions um yeah well like for the for sound, sound effects, effects and stuff and but you wouldn't yeah. need that i mean it's so so it's really visual and i feel like that's that is what we're accustomed to often in video games where a large amount of the time you're playing the game you may not be going on a story beat the entire time and you often play a faceless <laughs> mostly silent protagonist in a lot of right. games see so maybe well, that is that connection like yeah maybe that's where that connection but, comes in that you're feeling the well the video game stuff were I, I don't want to say what they are for anybody else because it's but there are some very specific things that happen that feel like oh i'm just doing quests in a video game or oh i just now i have to go I, you know, I can't do these things anymore. So now I have to do this other thing in order to be able to do the thing I could do before. Does that, does you that know, come it, into play primarily uh, in the second episode that you're thinking? Oh of? yeah. Yep. Totally. There's two specific events that happen. They're tied together, but they're, that happen. It's like, yep, that seems like a video game. So I'll see what I want to see what you think after you watch the third episode, but my impression okay. after specifically after the third episode and that was over, I was like, okay, well, there we go. Like those three episodes just, they created the prologue. Like 
This is ah. those three episodes are the first act, and now and now we're off. You know, so when did the new episodes drop? Because I when I signed up, the three were already there. Evidently, Friday. Friday. Okay. Yeah, I guess whenever Disney Plus launched, the first episode was available, and then Friday, the the, the previous Friday they released episode two, and then this Friday or yesterday, I guess, they okay. did the third one. Um, so, but yeah, exactly I, how that ends. Um, you know, some stuff a, happens. It's a good cliffhanger flies off or whatever. You know, no spoilers, and it's like, oh, and we're off, and 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 and, and now it begins. That's now what the story like. begins. Yeah. Okay. I can I can get behind that. That's fine. So my um, two biggest beefs yeah. with the show. Well, this one's not really a beef with the show. So the thing that I had heard about going into it from everybody who had watched it, either reading online or talking to friends, was eh, I don't know. It's kind of I don't know. it's hard to get into because you know they don't do a lot of talking. He, he doesn't talk mm-hmm. a lot, and so <laughs> like people just kind of had this like eh, I don't know kind of a vibe about it. But it's like you said, he doesn't ever take his helmet off, so he's faceless. So even when he's not talking, we don't have those visual cues that we as humans are so clued into, you know, those the 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 nonverbal communication, right? The way he's looking at things or the way he's reacting to things with his facial expressions. We don't have that because Mandalorians don't take their helmets off. Yeah. I mean, they even show it in the first one. I don't think this is a spoiler or anything. He's, there's like an enclave of Mandalorians that he walks through. And and I didn't catch it the first time, but the second time I watched it with my son, I noticed it. Uh, there's like two little kids in this enclave running around playing, two little Mandalorian boys like playing, and they both have helmets on. They don't have armor on or anything, but they both have helmets on. No, oh, okay. And they're running around. So I was like, wow, okay. So <laughs> like literally in their culture, they do not take their helmets off, at least around other people around other, you know, I'm sure at some point by himself, he takes that off. Cause I would hope he bathes. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but who maybe. knows? We don't know what kind of tech is inside that helmet. Could maybe keep some clean. Who knows? Well, maybe that's he can't take point, it off. Though. Maybe it's like Darth Vader. He can't take it off. He's, he's stuck. Well, um, that one, uh, there was, there was a fellow Mandalorian that threatened to take it off. Yeah. Um, I think it was in that episode. Maybe. But, um, mm, what? Maybe not. There was, I thought there was some kind of threat made about it. Um, I don't think that'd be a, a spoiler and it, and it didn't happen. But I don't think it was a threat. I know if it's what I think you're talking about. Mm, okay. Maybe, okay. Maybe I do know what you're talking about. Anyway. But the other thing, I, I, I think that stands, that, that points out how much of, a Star Wars fan service show, I think this yes. really is. It, that gets into my other beef. To, to the point where it was actually today, it was sometime today, I got on YouTube and looked up and somebody did a video fairly recently. It's like ten, eight or 10 minutes long. It was The Mandalorians. And it recapped essentially... Everything that's been in any Star Wars show or lore about the Mandalorians, who they are, how it happened. So as an example, um, there is a point in the show where Mandalorian suggests that someone is his enemy and doesn't know it. And we're all like, what? What? 
how does that make any sense? Why is that even the case? Like, they don't even explain that. Well, it turns out, if you've maybe read the books or watched the shows, I guess even the Clone Wars show factors in, you happen to know that about the Mandalorians and that they are a warring race kind of made me think of a little bit like Klingons. They set out to expand their empire. And as they tried to do that, they were confronted by the Jedis who stopped them and they had to up their tech game and they became essentially the only non force using people or race in the known galaxy that could stand toe to toe with a Jedi. And that was part of their, it was part of their big um, reputation was was how amazing they were and the tech that they used that could they could even challenge the Jedis and the Jedis being one of their main enemies, even though they were also enemies with the Empire. And they go about then Mandalorians having a new planet and the people that were focused on battles and and fighting like the the original Mandalorian culture split off and the other race took off their helmets and all their stuff and gave up their warring ways and became essentially politicians and joined with the rest of the world and a small enclave kept going with the traditions and all of this stuff where I thought, wow, if I had known all of this stuff, Mandalorian, the show like would have probably been even meant even more to me because I would have understood more, but they definitely don't, I feel like they do not try whatsoever to clue you in on this. If you don't know, then enjoy the mystery. <laughs> I, well, I would, I would hope at some point they will, they will talk about some of that backstory. I mean, they, they hinted at it a little bit. He has like some flashbacks about his childhood. Yeah. Uh, not enough to piece anything together to like those little, and I guess pieces. that's partly in the star Wars lore too. Like the, the great purge or whatever, like people. Yeah know about it i don't because i watched the star wars movies and (laughs) that was mostly the end of it you know about boba fett and jango fett and that's it that's the only two mandalorians we've ever seen in any of the movies yeah and this guy goes over the fact that that according to canon and and things that have been said in canon those people um weren't actual mandalorians they like one of them i think they said boba fett it suggested isn't a real Mandalorian had stole the Mandalorian armor and he's known as a Mandalorian, but he's a fraud. And oh, the other Django, one, yeah. And then, and then the other one is a clone of him. Yeah. Yep. Boba like, is, they've, they pointed out as a clone of Django, which I think that it or irritated some people when they wrote that into the script. I kind of like it though. It works. And it makes sense. It plays into the story. Well, it works. Star Wars likes um, its clones. Oh Yes. Uh, so I don't know. I like the show. I like where they go. Oh, my other beef with it. And this isn't specific to the Mandalorian, but I'm going to pick on the Mandalorian because it's what I've just watched. Okay. This is specific to any star Wars media, whether it be a game cartoon doesn't matter. They do this constantly and I hate it. <laughs> and that is anytime something happens in this show which is similar to something that would have happened in a movie like let's say he goes to start his ship and it won't work 
they play the same sound effect that like the Millennium Falcon makes when it can't, when it doesn't work. Right. Well, that has become an iconic sound to me. And I think to a lot of people of, Oh, the Millennium Falcon's kind of a piece of junk, but he get you know, but it works well when it works and when it doesn't, it makes these types of sounds. And that is how, you know, as the audience, haha, it has malfunctioned <laughs> and it's the Millennium Falcon. Haha. Isn't that funny? Well, when they use that same sound effect for other ships in other situations, when they can't start it, to me, it ruins that whole, because now it's become, oh, that's the generic sound for when spaceships in Star Wars don't work. That's not what that sound is to me. That sound to me is very specific. That is the Millennium Falcon not working. <laughs> you know, and I, and I know I'm nitpicking to, to all um, get out here, but it drives me insane. And it's not just sound effects. They do it with characters. They do it with like, like a, there's a point where he walks up to a door and a little thing opens up and come and slides out like a little like robot thing, like an eyeball kind of rolls, mm-hmm. rolls and talks to him. That is something that is specific when Luke goes to Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi and that comes out and that has always been and you don't you've never seen it anywhere else. Okay. So that to me becomes, you know, Jabba's eccentric. He's weird. He's a gangster. He lives out in the middle of the desert. He's just he's it's he's odd. Mm -hmm. Like the whole place is odd. So, of course, he's got this weird robotic eyeball thing that comes out of his wall that talk, of course he does because that just makes sense because it's Jabba's palace and it's weird. Well, when you put it on, <laughs> when you put it on random doorway number twenty-seven to this apartment in some random city on random Star Wars planet, oh, so now it's just the robot security sentry that everybody has installed on their door. No, that it, stop doing that. I hate in that. fairness, what if? What if you? But it's what if that service. was an intentional hint? Well, if there's okay, if, some... if if that's the case, fine, I I can get on board <laughs> with that. But if it's not, and it's just fan service, oh hey, remember that cool thing? <laughs> <laughs> then it it just irritates the crap out of me. I hate when they do hey, that. Hey, somebody has to make those things. I mean, not a lot of people have them, but you know, it can't be just one. Come on. No, and I'm okay with that. I, in fair- I get that, but... In uh, fairness, if you looked in, 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 like, the big shared drive of Star Wars assets, it's probably just, like, starship underscore ship underscore failure dot wave. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> I uh, I mean, they go so far as to make the individual lightsabers sound a little bit different. So why can't different starships, different spaceships have different sound mechanics? I mean, budget, sir, budget. Uh, that's why I, it's, I don't, I, yes, I think it's mostly the whole fan service thing though. Right. I just, do you I think, think that's all it is. And it, do you think if you if took that, that millennium Falcon sound effect of the failure, and then you took, say the one that was in the Mandalorian and you loaded those things up into say logic or something and compared them that they would have actually tweaked them in some way. Like, do you think it's really familiar or do you think it's Oh, it's definitely really the familiar. same sound effect? I think it's it's did definitely pitch it up? the did same sound. Did they pitch it down? Effect? Did they lengthen it out? Add some extra reverb or something? I mean, that's that's entirely possible because and it's almost hard to tell because 
they do give the ship its own like regular like sound signature so they kind of they kind of mix it in with that but it's there and it's 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 obvious and and it's not like they play it short and it kind of stops like it goes do 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 like it just keeps going you're like okay yeah no i get it it's i yep uh, there's that sound i get it it's like putting the wilhelm scream in a movie it's like okay uh, there's that scream again the guy's off the cliff he's making the scream it almost well, seems like maybe it's become like an in joke, right? Between Star Wars uh, sound guys or special effects guys or whatever. It could be. I didn't even notice, to be honest. But I do think that when you're making something like The Mandalorian, you probably do have things that where it's not a Star Wars movie and it is different. And what makes it Star Wars? It, you know, it can be the characters, it can be the races, it can be the worlds, but there's also supposed to be lots of worlds and lots of races, and you can't just rehash all of them, so you ha- you have to have something that you can plug in there, and I feel like sound effects are one way that they probably oh. do it, to make people <laughs> that are watching it be cognizant of the fact that this is a Star Wars property it's a Star Wars See. experience, and it can't just be, oh, look, that's an R2-D2 or whatever, which they'll probably have to do occasionally with those things. But but they've gone through lengths to, like, I guarantee you, you can go right now somewhere and read about all the different manufacturers of droids and all the different manufacturers of starships, right? They, mm-hmm. There's all these different companies that have been referenced throughout all of the Star Wars universe stuff. Even if it was just, oh, it's but you got to put the main is different, there, right? Uh, yeah, but it's so hit you over the head obvious. That's the part that bugs me. If you want to put it there as a slight nod to, uh, to Star Wars fans, fine, but bury it a little bit. At least make an effort to kind of hide it a little bit. I didn't even I notice just, it. Uh, if I'm if I'm being fair, the things that I noticed was I noticed Lando. Because how do you how do you not notice Lando? Um, Where's Lando? Calrissian isn't that his name? He's not in there. He's the guy that there. is giving him the bounties. That's not Lando. That's not then even Billy D. Williams. Then what's that guy's name? I don't know. Random bounty hunter assignment guy thirty seven. That's the guy who played like in Happy Happy Gilmore. He's like Chubbs, the the golf guy, and he's done. A, he was he's Apollo Creed. That's the guy who played Apollo in Rocky. That's not Lando. That ain't Lando. Who is it then? No, he's somebody. Listen, you can be a space racist if you want, just because he's a black guy. And I was kidding. No, he's a, he is a cameo. That's definitely not Billy D. Williams. Mm. All right. I recognize the. They had some speeders. I'm, I'm gonna find out what his name is. I didn't see. Uh, like like Luke Speeder. Yeah, but see, that's okay. I don't have a problem with them. Re- Clearly, there's only so many manufacturers of things and objects, and and that's fine. But even the two speeders that were there. They didn't quite look or sound the same. I, I don't know. I'm just going to stop because I'm just never going to quit. You're never going to quit? Come on. 
Never gonna quit. Never gonna quit. I want to know who this, what this guy's name is now, because that's gonna irritate me. Because I know. I mean, it's him, Carl Weathers. Yes, Carl Weathers. That's him. I mean, so that's that's the dude's name. Do do do. Well, regardless, yeah. I like that guy. No, I totally. Um, and I could see where you know you you might think, but yeah, that's that that's not uh, that ain't Lando. <clears throat> they would have had to have gotten. Uh, He's grief much cargo. younger. My actor. bad. They would have had to have gotten a much younger actor to play him because this takes place right after Luke destroys the second Star Destroyer. Or That's true. The, they because they had him. Star. Didn't they have him being played by um, that one guy, uh, Donald Glover, mm-hmm. in Solo? In the other movie, it seems like it would. Well, still I'm need just to be I'm just going him. off of the relative age of Billy D. Williams at the time that Return of the Jedi was made. He was what in his late forties, early forties, maybe, and so they would have had to have gotten a guy who was roughly that age. And Carl Weathers is quite a bit older at this point. You are right. Well, I'm not trying to be right, but it feels good. They had some. They had some droids. Um, were were Herzogs in this? Wow, I didn't know that. I liked. Uh, Oh, yeah, he was that guy. Okay. I liked how he said no droids. Right. So, does that play into the whole Mandalorian backstory? Maybe. I don't, I, I, I don't know what the droids the work for the Empire, right? Come on. Not all of them. <laughs> but clearly, he doesn't trust droids. Maybe they're manufactured by the Empire. See, that's where, that's where the Star Wars fandom, you know, falls apart. I, I just watched the movies. And uh, well, same here. I've I mean, never I played some. I, said, I played some Jedi Knight too, but that's. <laughs> I about played it. the games. I've never read any books. Speaking of games, I'm Star not even Wars super excited up. about Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, I'm way excited about Jedi Fallen Order. Hello, I want to play. Now, this there was game. one thing I heard about it that made me go like, "Oh, maybe that's maybe that's more interesting than I thought." And that's when somebody said, "I think." That some of the bonfires in Jedi Fallen Order are way too far apart. Oh yeah, it has kind of a Dark Souls ish. And I was like, mechanic. "Is this like Dark Souls? Is this a Star Wars Dark Souls game?" Because if it is, then maybe that's a little bit more interesting. But I think it's a mishmash of lots of different genres. They pulled from lots of different. Like, there's kind of a Metroidvania feel to it with the backtracking and the item. I did uh, not like the character design of the main character. I didn't think. Anything that I saw of any of the trailers or any of the gameplay during press conference and stuff looked fabulous. So I think the whole game looks fabulous. I want to mm, play it badly. I don't I can't understand so. why. I mean, there's some Star Wars on there, I guess. There's some lightsabers. I just I'm a sucker for a good third person action adventure game like Uncharted, like Tomb Raider. Love those kind of games. Be Star Wars, and I really like Star Wars, so it just makes sense for me. Mm. Now, if they made a really good third-person action adventure Star Trek game, you would probably also yes. hate that because you would say this is not a Star Trek game. Well, 
I liked that one Star Wars game. What was that called? I think it was. <laughs> I think it was a Voyager game. It was. It's an old one now. Um, man, I don't know anything about any of the Star Trek games. Memory, <laughs> never memory played any failing. Of them. Um, do you really not? I mean, I've I've been around people who've played them. I've experienced some of them. I've never. I don't believe owned. Okay, that's not true. I do own two Star Trek games, and I would argue they are still the best Star Trek games made. Do you mean Fleet Commander? Nope. No? Okay. I've played that at a friend's house growing up, but nope. It was very good, but no. What? What is it then? They are... Wow. Spring just... Oh, Star Trek... 25th anniversary and Star Trek 25th anniversary judgment rights. They are oh. interplay late nineties, um, pixelated point and click adventure games. They are on GOG. Oh. You can buy them and play them and they are still every bit as good as they were back then. Like do you have, have to yeah, really, no, I haven't played those. You have to really solve puzzles and mysteries. Like each, it's the game or games are broken up into episodes, just like the TV shows. Um, and each one has its own cast of characters and its own, you know, issue that they have to tackle and figure out. And it's decently challenging trying to solve it. And it's really, they're really well made. They I, definitely I, hold up. I thought Star Trek Starfleet Command. Was a very fun game, or maybe it was that's because everybody just wants to be Captain Kirk and command their own starship. Um, but no, the game I was thinking of was Star Trek Elite Forces Two. Um, I think it's built on like the Quake engine or something, or the Quake. 3 that was engine. the first person shooter Star Trek. Yeah, and I think it. I think it was in the Star Trek Voyager like world. But I thought that was good. I, I've liked the Star Wars movies fine. I've never been a huge fan of them. But anytime there is a game that I think looks good, the fact that it is Star Wars actually probably like takes one point away from it for me. Oh man. And and That's probably for the for same me. reasons that you're complaining about the Mandalorian. I'm like, oh yes, of course. Here's the here here's the here's the the soldiers that can't shoot worth a darn. And here's the lightsaber. Stormtroopers. I can I can grab this and I can push this and <sighs> oh, there's no question that more stormtroopers uh, look look some there more stormtroopers. Tons of Star Wars games where the devs have just been lazy and relied on all that stuff. Annoying and a lot of it, droids. A lot of them all uh, seem to fall into the same trope of they start off, you know, fairly even paced or fairly, you know, your your guys on moderate character, but towards the middle midpoint to the end of any of those Star Wars games. You get super overpowered. You can just destroy everything because it becomes this, you know, this fantasy, this power trip, right? Of oh, now I have all the force powers, and now I have all the lightsabers, and I can just. Brah, you don't just have everything. force powers. You have more force powers than Yoda and Darth Vader combined. Sure. <laughs> Why? I mean, it's a video game. Why not? Right. That's the Jedi thing. Fallen Order. I mean, they're probably going to do that. Now, see, that's the thing. I don't. I haven't played it, but from what I've read, people are like, it's it's more restrained in that regard. And the the story is 
what really drives that game and what makes that game work. Even Brad over at Giant Bomb, he was, you know, he's he's the type. He likes Star Wars, but he goes out of his way to read every spoiler because he's like, it's Star Wars. It's the same crap over and over. It's like whatever. He goes, it's entertaining, but it's nothing groundbreaking. And he went into this game because he did the review for it. He went into this game thinking kind of the same thing. And he said, I was immediately blown away by how good the story is and how good they are at telling the story. And he goes, and it doesn't let up the whole game all the way through from the first 20 minutes to the very end. He goes, it is really well done. He said, Star Wars or not, like they told one heck of a story and they did it really well. So that's what has me mostly excited. I want to see what the story is. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I have not had the experience of of listening to people that have played it and gush about it. I've just watched the the essentially the press media about it, and I thought, yeah, that looks like a third person action game that's set in the Star Wars universe, and that's about all I can say for it. Man, you need to put yourself some Kotor. Ah, Knights of the Old Republic. I mean, that sure, was a great I game. I think I did play a little bit about that, but it was still Star Wars. <laughs> but I've always been that way. I've always been on the Star Trek. Line. Oh, sure. And that's, I've always been the opposite. Yeah. That's I why like them we're both, friends. but that's where I'm invested. Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love me some Star Trek. Always have. I mean, we need to play some bridge crew. See, that's the thing. I... I uh, I don't know how that one's going to pan out. Probably but great. Is, is that is that still VR only? Uh, evidently, it is not. Well, then I, then we I can feel, figure it out. I feel like that would not be nearly as cool. Like that's what I worry about in all the VR games, including back to Half Life. Alex is like you mentioned. Oh, what if they maybe they'll take it? They got to make money. They'll got to figure out a way to take it to a regular game. And my immediate thought is, um. I bet it's gonna be a crappy regular, <laughs> crappy regular <laughs> game. Which is how I feel about most VR games because you're playing a simplified game, generally speaking, and the things that that make a game immersive, the things that you could pull off in VR, you can only pull off in VR. You know, like literally, if you could look around a shelf and pick up bullets and put them into your gun and load your gun. Like that would that could feel really awesome and really immersive and add a whole new dimension to a game. But if you made it a regular game, it would just be press X. And and then it would be like, oh, everything about this game that made it good in VR is press X outside of <laughs> VR. Somehow, I don't know how this is even possible. But somehow we literally just went full circle on our conversation. Hey, that's wow. why they pay me the big bucks. Whoa, you're getting paid for this? That's I got to talk mean, to somebody. I mean, just in terms I, of satisfaction. And, and I need a raise from well, zero to I will double. I, I will take your salary and I'll give you double. That doesn't seem fair. Triple. <laughs> Still not acceptable. <laughs> well... I mean, first, I can go times to pay me one penny and then we can talk. <laughs> I can go times five, but that's the best I can do. 
I'm still going to have to say no. Okay. But as we wrap up, I did want to know what was your overall impressions? Did you end up liking more than you thought you would Battle Angel Alita? I'm sorry. I, I zoned out there. What did you say? Did you like Battle Angel Alita more than you thought you would? I, I'm sorry. I was, <clears throat> did you ask me a question? I didn't. Uh, yeah. Did you like Battle Angel Alita? I think my, my headset's cut down here. I didn't. I must not have heard what you said. It sounded did like you, you said. Did you like Battle like Angel said, Alita more than you thought you would? Uh, it sounded like you said. You What's know, that? Have a oh, great wait. weekend. Uh, that kind um, of stuff. I didn't hear. I think I'm cutting out. Too. Am I? Uh, sorry, it's just excuses coming in. I can't hear you clearly. <laughs> excuses, excuses. <laughs> anyway, hey, so, I'll throw you a bone. I haven't watched so, Zero Theorem yet, and I had forgot okay. about it until I bugged you about Battle Angel. Alita. I actually forgot about Battle Angel Alita until I saw it on. I think I was like scrolling through Amazon or something the other day, and I saw it, and I was like, oh. Hey, I won't watch. I'll tell you what, you know what? We have a holiday coming up. Perfect opportunity. Is that a Disney movie? Um, I think it is now a Disney property. Is I mean, is it on Disney Plus? Is I guess what I'm getting at. I don't think it is. Because if it is, man, I got a seven day free trial. I'll go watch it right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I scrolled through the entire library of Disney Plus. Okay. Uh, at any rate, I will I, think, I will make an honest attempt to watch that movie. I genuinely want to watch it. I just I hey, have I a thought bad I thought you'd really like The Mandalorian, but you're mostly like it's fine. I don't dislike The Mandalorian. I do. I like The Mandalorian. I like I've always thought those kinds of characters in Star Wars were interesting, not Mandalorian specifically. I do find them interesting, but just those side characters, right? Those, it is exactly what I've said I've wanted all these years, right? Like I want more yeah. stories about other characters See? in the Star Wars universe. And I like that they, I like that they're okay with, even though he's the lead character, he's kind of the bad guy, right? He, he does some stuff. Now, granted, I've only seen the first two episodes, but he does some stuff when he gets mad. But when he gets irritated about something, he don't mess around. <laughs> Even in the first episode. I will just somebody, incinerate that dude. Somebody makes him mad. <laughs> he don't play, right? He's not like, oh, I'm just going to knock this guy out. No, that guy doesn't exist anymore. He literally yeah. vaporized. He's gone. We, yeah. I'm definitely interested in talking more about this after you have seen the third episode. Pretty okay. disappointing you haven't. But um, well, I can say I'll, that. I was going to try to, I was going to try to, since they're only doing once a week, I was like, I'm not going to binge this. I'm not going to binge this. And like, I only have seven days on the free trial. So, oh, I see. and then I, I, I had watched the first one. I thought, Oh, you know what? I bet my son would like this. So I, I didn't watch the second one. I watched the first one again with him this afternoon so he could watch it. He liked it. And then he went to bed and I was like, I kind of want to watch the second one. So I just went ahead and watched the second one <laughs> while telling myself I'm actually being a good father because I'm pre-screening it to make sure there's nothing in it you're that's, you know, you're pre-screening it. Yeah. Even though it's on Disney and I'm sure there's nothing on Disney that's <laughs> inappropriate for kids. 
Maybe uh, maybe slightly, I suppose, depending on on their yeah. age. I can yeah. tell you that I didn't expect this to happen. I was the one that wanted to watch The Mandalorian the most, and we just all sat down and watched it as one big family. And from from the four year old to me, everybody loved it. And the kids are constantly asking me to watch another episode, and I have to tell them there's not. Like, there's not a new one. Is then the next day? Is there a new one? Want to watch yeah, that wait. Star Wars movie? See, they've, they they've love. Got the custom. Oh yeah, they they love Baby Yoda. Oh no, spoiler. That's uh, I don't. Is it Yoda? Mm, we don't know. It's don't know. it's all. Yeah. So there's two theories. Well, actually, there's one theory that I've heard. I've only heard one theory. That is a clone. That is a clone of Yoda. Yeah, I've but heard I had. Too. I have a second theory that I think matches up, and I may have even delved a bit into the Star Wars timeline. Before you, before you go there, I was going to be irritated that you spoiled that. I was like, oh, why would you say that? And then I realized that silly meme of that baby Yoda is like everywhere. So it is hard, it's hardly crazy. a spoiler. Yeah, it, it has been spoiled for sure. Like right. I saw a bit on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and Will Ferrell and they were doing the whisper challenge game where you can't hear what's going on and they have to tell what somebody's saying by just reading okay. their lips. Yeah. And Will Ferrell, one of Will Ferrell's was Baby Yoda. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's kind of there. It's kind of everywhere. It's but I don't know why everywhere. I haven't seen this theory anywhere. Maybe if I made a YouTube video, I could get a million views and then and then make money. But... I checked in timelines and everything to co corroborate this. So Yoda was the only one of his kind and nothing was known about it or his species forever until the prequels came along. And on the Jedi Council, there was a female version named Yaddle. And they said the that prequels. baby was 50, 50 years old. Mm -hmm. And spoilers. And the prequel. Uh, takes place 40 years prior to the Mandalorian. Right. So, as so far, all we know is that there's one female of the species that exists and one male of the species that exists. And they happen to be both on the same Jedi Council freaking 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. Why couldn't Baby Yoda be freaking Yoda's baby? It could be. Could be. That would literally be the most, like, the most common sense theory would but be like Star well Wars. there's a baby that's true but it's like there's a baby we only know two of the entire species and they happen to be opposite genders well hey huh. you said it yourself I and i think it's a great title for this podcast you need to work it in there somewhere star okay. wars likes them clones star wars <laughs> does like them clones <laughs> and there is suggestion that that the doctor there's a doctor in the show has has the clone signet on his arm um, oh, so that maybe that's why he's interested in in that character. So hey, we will can, find I, out after this. Can you link me the video that you watched about the Mandalorian stuff, like the the backstory? Because oh, I'd be interested yeah. in seeing that too. And then maybe I'll watch the third episode tonight. Hmm, who knows? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I want to know what you think. If you had the same, if you have the same feeling I had after it was over, I was like, oh okay. Well, well there's the prologue. I'm going to now because you told we watched me to. the prologue. Well, you might be like, ah, eh, that's still a stretch. That's like you ruining it for me. I'm going to be watching. I'm be like, is that like a video game? Hey, is that like a video game? <laughs> no, I got. I got to do a quest I, to get some parts for this thing that broke. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the third one will be that way, but the second one surely felt 
Like there was a couple of spots you're like, yep, this would totally happen in a video game to just pad things out. Except I thought Mr. Mandalorian has a huge reputation and he's a Mr. Awesome dude. And then good golly, he gets run through the ringer and beat the crap up so much. Yeah. I mean, he's not dead. So I guess we could say that for him. But I thought, uh, well, wow, I, mean, I thought you'd be more of a, you know, John Wick. <laughs> Yes, but he, well, but then that would be disinteresting, right? That would be uninteresting. You can't have your main character I love, I love have every superpower, have every, <laughs> you know, then there's no danger, right? Then there's no, like, if he can just easily overcome any situation, then what's the point? Well, yes. And there's the potential thought, at least in this household, that after after hearing about the Mandalorian history, that they may take it in the direction of... Historically, in the Star Wars history, one, there was one Mandalorian that kind of set out, set out away from the rest of them and embraced the Jedi and the Force, had it got his own lightsaber, and was a Mandalorian Jedi. Well, there you go. And now he needs to show up in Star Wars, you know, whatever. But this doesn't work out with the timeline, because this is after... Return of the Jedi. Right. This takes place between episode six and episode seven of the movies. Right. Yes. Yep. And I think, and I think the, the, the Jedi Mandalorian was, was old history, even in this timeline, just the idea of like, maybe they will just, he will be the next to, to take right. up the mantle of evidently the black lightsaber. I don't know. Mandalorian clones go. Here we go. Yeah. So it's fun. And um man, I think that's a wrap. I don't know about you. It's a, I'm I'm rapping. You're rapping, I'm rapping. Right, show Jones. me a rap or a beatbox. Go. Uh I mean I had a crunch rap today for mind. lunch. Do it. Does that count? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. It was the first time in a long Sweet. time that I had Taco Bell, and I will tell you. That's probably not a great move because I stuff goes down it. smooth, right? Oh, it goes down smooth. It's later that it's not smooth. Stays in you real smooth. <laughs> Comes out real smooth. Oh, and there's a visual <laughs> I didn't need. I, I can go all night. Oh, and you probably will if you ate enough. <laughs> ah, your assassin salsa that you made that one time that luckily I didn't have any of. I should have sent you some. Oh, I want to. I want to. Sign off on one last thing before we go. I heard a rumor uh, that the new PS5 might be cartridge-based. Talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) (sighs) That's not going to happen. Come on. You never know. Why would that that happen? happen? Because it's it's you know it's flash it's flash media right it's it's faster access times the games getting bigger. (sighs) I don't know. It was a stupid rumor that I I heard and I thought. Just for a moment, I thought that would be really Ooh. cool if they did that. Actually, like I think that, was that a rumor would be for Nintendo cool. too. Nintendo I think, did it. That's the Switch uses cartridges. Sure, but it's also a handheld, and that's what I was going to say. If a Sony system gets a cartridge, it's going to because they're going to surprise everybody and make the Vita two or something. Okay, I'm down with that. You know what? I still want mini discs to be a thing because I thought mini discs were cool. Yes, mostly because of how they were in the Matrix, but I still thought mini discs were cool. It, screw it, I want mini discs. 
Turns out when you have a manufacturing plant that prints cases and things like that for one particular size, it's easier just to keep going with something that holds more. Um, how how ticked off do you think Sony? Some some people in Sony have to be at least marginally ticked off that the switch and especially the light switch is just just looks like a PSP. I love that you called it the light switch, and I agree with you. <laughs> they're probably like they're probably sitting there going. Dang it! Oh man, we had that. I, that's the. That's what we. Did. We did that before. We did that before. We just didn't quite. It was just ahead of its oh, time. Oh sure. Now Nintendo doesn't. Everybody loves it. <laughs> hey, but don't worry. It's only Nintendo's <laughs> most popular console they've ever made. But hey. Oh man. It needs more SNES games because I think it's on par to beat uh, the Wii at this point. That epic failure of the Wii. No, right. The epic failure. <laughs> everybody literally and their grandmother had one. No, no, everybody's grandmother had one. Isn't that what that how it goes? That's right. You gotta have your grandmother play Wii sports. <laughs> that was the whole thing, right? Grandma. They just grandma ignore the Wii too. U. They just lump those sales together. Like, yeah, that, that was a Wii too. The we Wii finally, was really successful. <laughs> we finally took our Wii U. It it had been in one of our spare bedrooms. Uh, as like it was just literally a like a Netflix streaming device is all it was being used for anymore. Um, and we finally took it out of there yesterday, so it's sitting here on a shelf, not hooked up, and it just looks so sad. And it makes me sad because when you hold it, you're like that thing has some heft to it. That's a that it's not small. And you're like, you can open up that flap and access the game. I really, I really like the design of it. I just, just wish it was better. You you know what it looks like though. You know what the design is. You remember this? It's pre-switch. No, it's <laughs> it's an it's an internal DVD drive. You just slide that thing into a five and a quarter bay in your desktop tower. <laughs> yep, I never thought about. But it's that. the slot it's loading totally kind, right. so it's fancy. <laughs> oh man, that's super fancy. All right, sir. That's what it is. Talk. Another episode in the bag. Oh, did we even say what episode this was at the beginning? I don't think we did. Well, you you always say at the beginning what episode it is. Yeah, but I think I forgot. Episode number six. Episode number 20. There you go. We said it at the end. 20 on six. If you made it this far and you didn't know what episode you were on, congratulations. You win the grand prize. Episode 20 coming back at you. It's always important on a podcast to talk about the podcast. That's right. That that means our next episode, our podcast will be legally able to drink alcohol. Yep. Everybody come back for our Thanksgiving extravaganza in which we will be covering the, basically the game of the year awards here at AIP, right? Whoa. We're so going to have game of the year. Get, okay. Top Get 10? your stuff together, sir. We're going to have, to, uh, we, let's, let's each have a top 10 list before the year top is over. Let's 10. do a top 10 games. <laughs> top 10 for the hashtag no games 2019. <laughs> hey, that doesn't mean we can't play. It doesn't have to be a current game. No, it does. Microsoft um, Solitaire, number one. I always fill out the top 10 list that they do on Giant Bomb every year, so I'm going to use that as my basis, and then we'll write up something about each one, and we'll talk about it. That'll be a great fun episode. It'll be about three hours long, and we'll be exhausted. I like it. Let's do it. Okay, done. Coming coming back at you. Let's both forget about that and wing it next time. Yeah. Later. Later. Later.